the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. God created uh, the universe to show His glory, and excellence reflects the character of God. What an amazing place to start, huh? Hi there. Welcome to Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. Today, we turn our attention to Genesis chapter 1 and those first five words that we are faced with as we start reading this amazing book, this book of beginnings. You see, once we lay the foundation of the beginning from God's perspective, from God's truth, we then can move on to address all of the issues that swirl around us here today in the 21st century. Join us, won't you? This is Study Verse by Verse online at highlands.us. Here's Pastor Leighton Sheely as we begin in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. Verse 1, chapter 1, the book of Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Now, in addition to God the Father and God the Holy Spirit, John's gospel clarifies that Jesus was also present in the beginning. And the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And so also the Bible clearly teaches that God created the universe out of nothing. The Apostle John wrote, All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. The Apostle Paul wrote, For by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authority, all things were created through Him and for Him. And so the creation of the entire universe includes the creation of the unseen spiritual realm as well. God created angels and other kinds of heavenly beings as well as the earth and what was on the earth. And then there's another aspect that's revealed to us here in Scripture, and that is that God created time. In the beginning, beginning is a reference to time, and it was God who created time, which is the succession of one moment followed by another. Now, when we think of God's existence before the beginning, we should not think in terms of God existing in an unending extension of time, but rather He has a different kind of of existence altogether. He is outside of time and space. He transcends time and space. But the fact that God created time reminds us of His Lordship over it and our obligation to use it for His glory. Verse 3, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness He called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. Now, the word Hebrew word day can have a variety of meanings, including an indefinite period of time. But when that word is modified by evening and morning, it can only mean a literal day. And as we shall see in the verses that follow, there are some plants and animals that were created on separate days, but have a symbiotic relationship and are mutually dependent. In other words, one cannot exist without the other. 
If day didn't refer to a literal day, but rather an age or an expansive period of time, then the creature that was created on the earlier day would not have survived long enough to be around when the symbiotic relationship was created later. And so the internal evidence supports us interpreting the word day to mean a literal day. Later in the message, I'll talk about the day-age theory and and what science uh, indicates about the age of our our creation. Verse 6, And God said, Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. And so, and it was so. And God, God called the expanse heaven. And there was evening, and there was morning, the second day. And God said, Let the waters under, under the heavens be gathered together in one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Now, it, before we get into the verses that follow, I just want to point out that there is a phrase that is often repeated, after its kind or according to its time. Later in the message, I want to address this as an element that both supports biblical creationism as well as counter evidence for evolution. Verse 11, And God said, Let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seeds, and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning, the third day. And God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night, and let them be for signs, and for seasons, and for days and years. And let them be lights, let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, and the lesser light to rule the night, and the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning, the fourth day. And God said, Let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures, and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarm according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds and the livestock according to their kinds. And everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. 
And every beast of the earth and every bird of the heavens and everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. You know, one of the most widespread arguments against the trustworthiness of the Bible is this all-too-common belief that modern science has proven evolution and thereby discredited the scriptural account of creation. The obvious fatal flaw in this is that it is impossible to prove scientifically any theory of origins because the essence of science is the scientific method which is based on observation and experimentation. And it was imp- it's impossible to make observations about the origin of the universe or conduct experiments on it. But the widespread assumption that evolution is an established fact of science is absolutely false. And therefore, it can only be labeled something like a belief or a subjective philosophy of origins or the religion of many scientists. Now, according to this belief system called evolution... All bacteria, plants, animals, and humans have arisen by mere chance from a single remote ancestor that somehow came into existence. All of this was supposed to have happened accidentally without the benefit of any planning or any intelligence. And the basic premise of this molecule-to-man theory is that hydrogen gas, given enough time, will eventually turn into people. Now, diametrically opposed to this viewpoint, biblical creation teaches an initial special creation by God through which all of the laws and processes of nature were brought into existence, and it's described here in Genesis. Now, although neither evolution nor creationism can be proven by scientific method, it's not to say that science doesn't have any benefit or value because we can, we can look at what science has to say and see which of these theories Uh, science more likely uh, supports. Now, one significant distinction between creationism and evolution revolves around the phrase in the Bible, after its kind or according to its kind. And what evolution depends on is one life form turning into another life form, and one kind turning into another kind. And uh, evolution is dependent upon this, and it's also dependent upon time, massive amounts of time, to explain why uh, there's weaknesses in this particular thought. And one of the most serious defects undermining the evolutionary theory is a complete absence of any of transitional forms uh, in, in the fossil record. If life has always been in the process, the continuous stream of, of changing from one form to another, as evolutionists insist, then we should find copies in the fossils of some of these transitional or intermediate phases of different kinds, and yet we don't find them. Charles Darwin acknowledged this. He wrote, as by this theory, innumerable transition forms must have existed. Why do we not find them embedded in the crust of the earth? Why is all nature not in confusion instead of being, as we see them, well-defined species? Geological research does not yield the infinitely many fine gradations between past and present species required by the theory. 
And this is obvious, the many objections which may be argued against it. But the explanation lies in the extreme imperfection of the geological record. So Darwin believed that the geological record was imperfect and that in time, these missing links would be found. That was more than a century ago. The missing links are still missing. Uh, Professor uh, Nielsen of Lund University uh, in Sweden uh, wrote, the fossil material is now so complete that the lack of transitional series cannot be explained by the scarcity of the material. The deficiencies are real. They will never be filled. What the fossil record does show us is that life appeared abruptly in great diversity, complexity, and abundance without any ancestors from which to evolve. Pretty remarkable, isn't it? We have more ground to cover. We are just getting started in our journey through Genesis. We trust you'll join us Monday as we pick up right where we left off. In the meantime, if you have questions about today's program, you're welcome to visit our website, highlands.us. If you would like to know more about Church of the Highlands, right here in San Bruno, where we meet, service times, directions, again, you will find it all on our website, highlands.us. Be found in the Lord's house this Lord's Day, won't you? And we'll see you back here on Monday as our journey in Genesis continues on Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.